Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Get access to actionable news and market research with all the information you need to invest smarter and profit faster. Start your free trial today at pro.benzinga.com. GM Zinger Nation, and welcome back to Moon or Bust, your home for all things altcoins and DeFi. My name is Logan, and this is Flight 72 aboard the Moon or Bust rocket ship. Can you believe it? I'd like to welcome Mutant Ape, Brian McNamara. How you doing today, man? I'm doing well, Logan. How are you? I am doing pretty good, feeling a little bit sick. You could probably tell from my voice, uh, but I took some Tylenol, so I'm ready to get this shit. Uh, we have a very exciting, exciting show going on for you today, guys. Ryan, why don't you tell them what we're going to be doing today? Yeah, we'll do some TA on the markets, and we have a really exciting interview coming up with Carl from Lone Snap. We just found this out today, but he was actually super early in Facebook. He was an advisor in 2005. He knows Mark Zuckerberg and a bunch of other early guys at Facebook. It's going to be a very cool interview, so stay tuned for that right around 2.30 p.m. And I already see some mongoose uh, you know, comments in the chat. Smash the like if, if you are feeling the mongoose coin vibes. Uh, if you're feeling the crypto coin vibes, drop them all in the chat. I'm so glad you guys uh, are hip to the crypto culture, the crypto memes. We're going to do a little bit of a meme review today, uh, which I'm personally really looking forward to. So drop some comments in the chat, link any memes if you got them, uh, and we'll be going over them. If you're new around here, make sure you subscribe to the Benzinga channel. Uh, if you're here for crypto content, check out the Benzinga crypto separate YouTube channel. Top link in the description below and make sure to follow us both on Twitter. Follow me first. Um, because I'm certainly more important, uh, but like follow Ryan too, maybe I guess. If certainly, you yeah. Certainly, follow me second. Don't just follow. <laughs> you. you can follow him first, but follow me second. Uh, we kid, we kid. As always, uh, you know, make sure to drop your coins in the chat. We want to hear what you guys are looking at, whether it's uh, you know cryptocurrencies or or NFTs. We're gonna we will probably have some time at the end to take a look at it all. And make sure to smash the like button. 72nd episode of Moon or Bust. Can we get 72 likes on today's episode? We got the live chat uh, up on the screen for the first time today. If you're enjoying that, let us know by hitting the like as well. And maybe we could do it more in the future. But let's let's stop playing around. Let's just get right into these charts. What well, do you think? I, I think the, the chat probably has Shoot. some questions for me. I think they're probably wondering why I'm so dripped out. How I got so dripped out. I mean, look at this shirt. I mean, it looks so good. Layer 2 Enthusiast. It matches the hat. Like, man, I just look so good today. And I bet the chat's wondering, you know, how can I get my hands on this cool hat? How can I get my hands on this cool shirt? Or how could I get my hands on Logan's hat? 
And the answer is very simple, guys. Just go to Benzinga Swag and find it all there under Mooner Bus. We got a ton of crypto merch for you. Boom. And and if you join our Telegram group chat, we will give you 25% off your order. So it'll be a pretty good deal. You want to get it yourself? Ask for it for Christmas. I mean, these are some really good Christmas presents, in my opinion. I think so, too. Uh, you know, if you got a crypto fanatic in your family uh, or you got some people that aren't hip to crypto, maybe you have them buy one of these for you. They'll say, what the heck does decentralized everything mean? Perfect opportunity to, to orange pill them to spread the good news of Christmas. Um, but yeah, okay. So back to the charts. Uh, smooth, smooth transition on that one, Ryan. Uh, but here we have Bitcoin. We'll definitely are going to take a look at Mongoose coin at some point today uh, if we could find it anywhere. Um, but yeah, so Bitcoin is is just chilling, 47K right now. Uh, we're still like hovering around this line, building some more support, uh, which we were doing in, in August. Um, retested, you know, hit that all-time high, as you guys know. Building some more support, I think, is, is definitely fine. Um, and, and on Monday's episode, we talked about uh, how we predicted it's probably going to consolidate for a little while. Ryan, are you still of that opinion? Yeah, I think it will consolidate and I don't see us going too much lower. That might just be because I'm a permable. Uh, but yeah, I'm not sure if we'll see new all time highs anymore this year. I, I know I said I've been very bullish throughout November and December. Um, but after this recent price action, I don't think we'll see new all time high prices. Uh, like I've said before, I think it's a possibility. Um, but yeah, I think we'll probably consolidate around this 50K range. Hopefully we'll get back up into the $60,000 range by the end of December. Um, but I mean, it's anyone's guess at this point, right? So I really don't know. Um, we did break that trend line, which isn't good to see. Um, and that's why I think we'll probably be going flat for the rest of December, or at least relatively flat, you know, between forty to $60,000. Yeah, Ryan, I, I think that you could definitely be right there. I mean, I was really hopeful for, you know, 75K for Christmas. Um, but if it doesn't happen, it's really not the end of the world. I'm um, still very, very bullish for 2022. But let us know what you guys think. Drop a comment in the chat right below the like button. Wink, wink. Uh, and let's flip over to ETH, okay? So uh, ETH has pulled back a little bit today. still holding the, the 39, 50, 4,000, um, you know, psychological resistance level pretty well. Uh, this red line is is arbitrary. That's where I got liquidated yesterday. F in the chat. Uh, first time ever getting liquidated. Luckily, it was on my smallest leverage trade ever. Uh, was pretty low conviction on that one. But yeah, we so we're seeing, if we take a look at ETH BTC, we're seeing a little bit of a cool off. Um, it's just been so hot lately. It's really not that surprising. Uh, hopefully we'll hold the line again or not even have to retest. It just can, can continue to rip. Um, but let us know what you guys think in the chat. Number one, new all-time highs by the end of the year uh, for, for Bitcoin or Ethereum. Then, then number two, which way is this ETH Bitcoin pair going to go? Um, so let's take a look at the chat real quick. Everybody's talking about the mongoose coin, the mongoose vibes. I have my doubts it's on TradingView, unfortunately, or else we would look yeah, at it. Maybe we can not. find the chart somewhere else, though. Uh, well, Christian wants Dex us tools. to look at Uniswap. I wouldn't mind looking at Uniswap. That's been a long-term position I've had for a while. Probably held it a little bit too long. I mean, we're kind of in a DeFi bear market right now. Um, let's look at the USD chart, Logan, but let's also look at the ETH chart because I know a lot of DeFi tokens have been bleeding against ETH for a really long time now. I mean, ETH has been so strong. It's been really hard to beat it lately. So I think we should definitely look at the ETH pair as well. But yeah, let's start with the USD pair and let's search for Mongoose coin because that's what everybody wants. That's everybody the coin that's going to take coin. over Bitcoin after Ethereum takes over Bitcoin and then after CryptoCoin takes over uh, Ethereum. 
Okay, for everyone out there who is not aware of what what the heck we're talking about right now, I'm just gonna run the clip. Can you can you hear it, Ryan? Can you hear it? No, I don't think is so. Is the audio working? No. Damn. Okay, I'll, I'll uh. There's no closed captions, so I'll, I'll yeah, I'll say it myself. N- number one threat to crypto is crypto. <laughs> Bitcoin could be displaced by Ether, which could be displaced by Dodge, which could be displaced by Hamster Coin, and then there's Cobra Coin. And what could Mongoose <laughs> Coin do to Crypto Coin? Bars, straight bars. This dude is clearly top top notch DeFi native um one of one of the best representatives of the u.s government repping the, the crypto knowledge um but in all reality we're going to talk about the senate hearings uh a little bit later doing a meme review so uh stay tuned for that uh and that was a pretty good impression Logan. thank you thank you i was yeah. trying to like mess up the words just like he did um <laughs> but you know i'll let you guys be the judge of how i did uh so here's uni ryan you want to take it away or do you want to see eth uh, uh, I mean, yeah, we can take a look at the USD chart because I think most people probably trade in USD and then we can take a look at ETH because if you look at this chart right away, I mean, it looks bullish, right? Because it's in USD, but most coins go up during a bull run. So that doesn't really matter all too much. You can see, you know, during the beginning of the years when we really had that rally for Uniswap and this came alongside a lot of the other DeFi tokens, we went from like $5 all the way up to around $45 at its peak. But since then, you know, we had that correction during the summer and ever since then we were never able to reclaim new all-time highs. A lot of these DeFi tokens haven't been able to reclaim all-time highs just yet. Um, And not only that, but we've been going down. So yeah, this chart does still kind of look bullish to me, but when you compare it to Ethereum, it, it really isn't bullish at all, uh, in my opinion. And definitely over the last six months, it, I, I wouldn't say it's completely uh, bearish moves. Logan, I see you're drawing a descending triangle. Uh, I'm, I'm holding on to my bags. It's just what you do when you have bags that you want to hold on to. You can't sell. But I mean, I probably should have. I definitely sold some of mine right around $30, actually more than half. Um, but I'm still holding on to a decent position and I'm not too worried because I did get it at $3. Um, that being said, I, I think there will be another bull run for DeFi tokens. My thesis on DeFi tokens is once Ethereum 2.0 comes out, there'll be so many new investors that want to get their hands on these DeFi protocols and you know invest their money, invest in, in Uniswap or provide liquidity on Uniswap and without $100 transaction fees on Ethereum, so many more people will get exposed to these different protocols. So I'm very hopeful for Ethereum 2.0 and hopefully that will change things around for these DeFi tokens. But until then, I think the focus really is on metaverse cryptocurrencies, NFTs and layer one smart contract blockchains. Yes. And most importantly, Mongoose coin right now, which is up a modest 8,000% or something. Yeah. Daryl wants to know where you could buy it besides Uniswap. So uh, right now, I don't think there's any centralized exchanges that, that would dare to list this uh, joke of a coin, but we could definitely check. So the fastest way to tell, uh, besides looking up a Benzinga article on how to buy it, we gotta we gotta get one of those out on Mongoose Ryan. M M O N G. Let's see, is it on here? No, it's not even on here yet. Uh, no real surprise there. But yeah, you're gonna have to use a decentralized exchange to interact directly with the blockchain to get your hands on that token at this point. And you could probably use Sushi Swap, Logan. Do you want to actually check? Maybe it's on Sushi Swap, and if it is, then you could probably check if it's on Polygon. Uh, if you use Polygon, then you can get around some of those high gas fees on Ethereum. Just pay a couple dollars to trade for Mongoose Coin. 
that is if you don't already have uh, any funds on Polygon, you will have to bridge them over. So you will incur maybe a 40 to $60 gas fee to do that. But once your funds are on Polygon's network, you'll be paying about two cents per transaction. So yeah, Polygon's great to use, uh, especially if you don't want to pay those Ethereum gas fees. Yeah, it looks like it's probably a Binance coin. Well, this oh, is like the ETH pair, obviously, but it's more than anything, it's going to be listed on Binance Smart Chains. You could use PancakeSwap to get it right now. Um, I bet it's trending. Let's see, trade now. I am not a big fan of the Binance ecosystem. I feel like it's overrun by, uh, by shit coins because the gas fees are so low. It's honestly kind of one of the advantages of high gas fees on Ethereum is that there's there's uh, a high entry barrier to getting shitcoins and scams onto the network. So um, anyways, let's see here. Let's put the token address in. Mongoose coin, import it. Let's go, baby. Uh, it's down negative infinity. Oh, no. <laughs> That's, you're down astronomically on Mongoose Dude, I put coin. my whole portfolio in Mongoose coin. Well, down infinity, Where? so you're screwed. No. Again. <laughs> Frick, man! You, you owe the IRS an infinite amount of money. You are down bad. Oh, it's it's infinity. Right, I quit. I'll your see you next time, over. Ryan. It's your show now. <laughs> Bye, Logan. Run. Maybe go to the Philippines. I'm not sure what what you can do right now. Maybe Singapore. Go into hiding. I'm gonna go live with Tupac and Biggie. I wanted to point out here from a couple minutes ago from Crypto and Stock Talk with Jamie. They said, thoughts on Seek VR. We actually have a video made by Ruel yeah. Black, one of our coworkers on Benzinga Crypto. He was talking about Seek VR. It was probably about a month, a month and a half ago. He makes really good calls on small market cap cryptocurrencies. So if that's your thing, definitely check out Ruel Black. He's on Benzinga Crypto. He also has his own channel. Um, but yeah, he made a video on Seek VR. I don't remember exactly what the price was, but within a week, it went up like 500%. It was absolutely insane. It's a really cool project, and I know they're releasing their metaverse as well pretty soon here. So, I mean, if that looks good and they can bring users to their metaverse, uh, I think there could still be some bullish potential for the coin. Uh, I've been watching it some, but I'm not really, I haven't really been involved in the project uh, yet, but I'm, I'm looking at it for sure. So right below that like button that you smashed, you'll be able to find the link to the Benzinga Crypto channel. Uh, where you could find this video that Ruel made on Seek. He put this out a month ago, and, and by golly, that was the play of the month, man. Ruel, he has some coins that I've never heard of. At first, I'm like, what the heck is this guy talking about? And then all of them rip, all of them rip. So make sure you guys go check out his videos uh, and, and you know, do your own research, of course, obviously. Uh, don't just copy trade him, but he does have some pretty good alpha. Um, so yeah, if you're interested in Seek, I will refer you to this one. I, I could just drop the uh, the link in the chat for y'all real quick too. And if you're not subbed to that channel, make sure you make sure you do while you're over there because we're gonna have more and more of this type of stuff coming for you. Anyways, all right, where were we, Ryan? We were gonna look at the Uni ETH, uh, which we are now. Yeah, that looks super bearish. I mean, it looks like we could be pretty close to a bottom. Uh, in the bear market, we're at basically all-time low prices in comparison to Ethereum now. Mm -hmm. We haven't seen prices around here in ETH value since 
like right before 2021. So, I mean, it could be a good buying opportunity. I'm not going to be getting any more since I have already been holding, like I said. Uh, but mm-hmm. yeah, if you're looking into DeFi tokens, they're relatively cheap compared to Ethereum right now. I think a lot of these bit, big platforms with billions of dollars locked aren't going anywhere. So it could be you know, a relatively safe play moving forward over the long term, in my opinion, yeah, at least. Uh, I mean, I will be how selling. safe do you think? How safe do you think some of these big DeFi platforms are looking into the long term? Do you think that there's going to be some new competition if it's on maybe Solana or new competition on Ethereum that could, you know, outcompete? Or do you think that there's enough liquidity locked on these big platforms where, you know, network effects will make them have strong staying power over the next, say, five years or something? Okay, so there's definitely a really good conversation to be had there. Um, but to be frank, like I'm really not concerned with the fundamentals at this point. I think that Uniswap has that blue chip name, that credibility. It was one of the first uh, DEXs, if not the first DEX, and it was just ripped off endlessly, right? So people who are new to, to crypto, new to DeFi, are, are most definitely going to hear about Uniswap. Um, and they're going to you know, become bullish on it at some point. So regardless of the fundamentals, I think that, um, you know, the momentum will probably carry Uniswap's brand, uh, you know, much higher at some point in 2022. So I'm not going to be selling my bags at this point, um, especially down this much. Uh, I'm pretty convicted that we might might see a, you know, a second DeFi summer next year, maybe. Um, Ryan, you wanted me to look at Mana Sand. So this trading player does not have too much liquidity but we could see oh mana. no i meant i meant mana and sand separately but they're pretty similar so if we're uh, running short on time i think we should probably me. just look at mana you tricked me yeah we are running yeah short on i'm time not providing that high of alpha looking at a mana sand pair unfortunately that's a little <laughs> bit above my pay grade but let's definitely look at at least one of them sure you could look at mana well i mean we talked about mana so much i'm actually curious to see sand All right, these are the daily candles for sand on FTX. We saw the metaverse hype continued on, a little bit of a bull flag now. Could be a good time to get in, but like, what's the market cap on this right now? Probably pretty high. It's probably around 40 or 50. If I had to guess, probably $6 billion. There's Ryan, roughly did you get a plot of land in the metaverse yet? You know, I, I did not, and I've been on Decentraland's newsletter, I kid you not, since early 2018. They send me weekly emails, you know, trying to get me to buy land or get some avatars. And, you know, I could have gotten some plots of land for like 100, 200 bucks, but I'm an idiot. So I didn't. Uh, That's just how it goes. I like my DeFi tokens instead. And now I'm bleeding against ETH. Uh, But yeah, that's just how it works. That's just how it works in crypto. Yeah, we could see the ETH balance on exchanges is at a three year low right now. So that's pretty bullish, um, despite the fact that the price is going down. I think the potential for a, a short squeeze is continually going up. Um, but we don't really have too much more time for the charts today because I want to show you guys uh, and do a little recap and meme review of the Congress hearing yesterday. So I'm going to have to uh, remove my screen because I want to share the audio. So I think I have to do a specific tab if I want to get the audio with it. Boom, here it is. Okay, so uh, shout out to... Uh, the Defiant for putting this together. These guys are awesome, making great content. Um, so let's just see. And Patrick Henry of North Carolina. Ryan, you can hear this, right, Ryan? Yep, it's all. Who's right. followed Maxine Walters? This technology is already regulated. Now, the regulations may be clunky, they may not be up to date. 
I asked my friends, my policymaker friends here on the Hill, this question. Do you know enough about this technology to have a serious debate? Now, if the answer is no, then we need to first seek to understand, to build up that understanding of this new technology so we can have a serious debate on what, how we appropriately respond and update regulations and perhaps laws. But I should be clear, the goal today is to listen, learn, and ask questions. This technology is new and exciting. It promises a new direction for financial economies, services, and products. I further ask this question, though. How do we make sure, as American policymakers, that this cryptocurrency revolution, this technology revolution, happens in the U.S. and not overseas? There are a lot of questions we have to answer. But of course, we need reasonable rules of the road. We know that. We don't need knee-jerk reactions by lawmakers to regulate out of fear of the unknown rather than seeking to understand. And that fear of the unknown um, and the move to regulate before understanding uh, will only stifle American ingenuity and put us at a competitive disadvantage. So what followed was four hours of testimony from the assembled heroes of the yeah, so Ryan, what's your take on on that situation, on what you just heard? You know, I really like the verbiage that guy used. I didn't catch his name, but you know, he's calling it a revolution and saying, you know, this technology is going to change a bunch of different businesses, a bunch of different industries. I think a lot of people in Congress, Congress are realizing that now and they're taking it seriously. Another thing I liked is they're really trying to learn about, you know, they're trying to ask, you know, do you really understand what's happening, what's going on in this space? And if not, then we need to learn about it. So I really like that guy's take on it. I think more people in Congress should be like him. Uh, I know there were a couple bad takes, but overall, I think this uh, congressional hearing went pretty well. And most of the, the people there were really looking to learn about cryptocurrency to see how, you know, how could you best regulate it without scaring people away you know, out of our country and still being able to harness that innovation. Most definitely. Uh, drop a comment. Let us know what you guys think in the chat. I have one more clip to show you guys. Uh, I know that you guys probably are familiar with most of this stuff already, but these type of conversations happening in Congress, I think is really significant and shows the inevitability of the sector that we're in. So uh, one last clip is this one's a little bit longer, but I think that it's worth the time. Let's step back from digital assets and blockchain for a moment. Let's talk about where the internet was, where it's come to, where it's going, right? We're trying to level set here for policymakers. So originally, the internet was a read-only format, in essence. We're consuming information. And then there's additional layers that we place on. It became much more interactive. But counterintuitively, much more interactive, but much more centralized in Web 1, Web 2. What we're hearing now is Web 3. Policymakers need to understand the nature of Web 3, this is a hearing about a component of Web3. Now, along those lines, what are the characteristics that defined Web1 and Web2? Mr. McHenry, thank you very much for that question. I think that's critical to understanding what we're all trying to build here. <clears throat> so the characteristic of Web1, people remember their original AOL account, was an ability to look in a curated walled garden at a set of content that was not interactive but was presented to you on AOL the way that Time Magazine used to show you the articles they wanted you to see inside of their magazine. Just you could see it on a screen. The innovation of Web 2 
was that suddenly you could not only read content, but you could also write content. This is when the blogosphere became a, a big thing. People remember this from the late 90s, the early 2000s. <clears throat> the reason for the centralization of the internet, of course, was that all of that activity was being monetized by a very small number of companies. Facebook, as the chairwoman, chairwoman mentions, Google, and two or three other companies. What makes Web3 different is the ability to own the actual network. And that's what crypto assets themselves represent, is an ownership stake in an underlying network. So when you hear people talk about, for example, layer one tokens, what they mean is, Who did that? this is your reward for providing the ledger maintenance Yeah, are we having a conversation with Congress right now? That on Web Thank you, Mr. Brooks, for joining Google, Moon or Bust. Right? So now people in my hometown of Pueblo, Colorado, can actually own the Ethereum network, but they can't own the internet. That's owned by Google and a few other companies. That's what the project of crypto is all about, is allowing people to directly own the networks that are, have native assets that are supporting it, and that's the nature of decentralization, where the token holders are the people who control the assets, okay. not so the Google. Token holders, for, for our language here on the Hill, those are digital assets, right? Yes. Which are the keys to open up the ledger for you to participate, right? right. So describe to us how those digital assets fit into this internet revolution, Web3. So, so, so the concept is that you have sort of application layer tokens and you have protocol layer tokens. So if I'm an owner of Bitcoin, let's say that I'm a miner of Bitcoin, somebody who actually creates Bitcoin. The Bitcoin is the reward I receive for doing the work to keep the network operational. And that allows me to own a piece of the Bitcoin blockchain. Or take Ethereum, which is easier to understand. The Ether token represents an ownership stake in the network but on top of that network are all kinds of apps that get built on the network, much like the apps on your phone depend on the underlying network existing that lets the phone operate. And so people will make judgments about which network is likely to win, and they will invest in the tokens in that network much the same way you might invest in Google stock because you think Google is going to scale access to the original internet. The difference being here, you can vote on what happens in the future of a proof-of-stake network, for example. You can get rewarded through a proof-of-work token for maintaining a ledger on something like Bitcoin. But the real message here is that what happens on the decentralized internet is decided by the investors versus what happens on the main internet is decided by Twitter, Facebook, Google, and a small number of other companies. Okay, so getting this, this layer of, on digital assets right, for Congress to understand this, everything is built upon that... Uh, that uh, that uh, on-ramp to this new internet. So very important for us to be sensitive to how this de develops and any actions we take in terms of uh, laws and, and updating laws to incorporate these new technologies. Yeah, it, Mr. McHenry couldn't agree more, and, and I think when you hear about all of the problems of different big tech companies, the importance of an owner-controlled network becomes clear. Okay, owner-controlled network rather than a co- all right, I think we can cut it off there. Um, but that conversation, just watching that play out in Congress was extremely exciting to me. Um, Ryan, what's your take on, on that bit of it? Uh, are you muted? 
I can't hear you. Yeah. yeah, I was a good catch, Logan. But yeah, I think it was pretty similar to the last one. You know, they're really trying to learn. And I think that explanation was great. It's going to be interesting to see, you know, how they decide what's a security and what's a commodity. I think in the future, a lot of these protocols will be classified as at least some type of security. And these layer one blockchains like Ethereum and Bitcoin will likely stay commodities. Uh, but in my opinion, you know, this technology is so different than traditional finance that it might need its own category altogether. Yeah, it's it's good to see, though, that they're learning the difference between application layers, centralization, decentralization. They're actually learning about what crypto is versus just this the scary, uh, you know, Internet money, uh, digital Kohl's cash. Um, and now that I figured out how to get the audio working, I do want to I do want to show the meme. We could do a quick little meme review. Uh, in case you guys didn't get to see them yet, they're pretty darn good. So let so, me add this one. Next meme. Next meme. Yes. Thank you for getting the reference, Ryan. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Now, the number one threat to crypto currency is crypto. Bitcoin could be displaced by Ether, which could be displaced by Dodge, which could be displaced by Hamster Coin. And then there's Cobra Coin. What could Mongo's coin do to crypto coin? If that isn't the question of the century, man, what could Mongo's coin do to crypto coin, bro? I never considered that ever before. And now I'm just reconsidering my whole career, my whole life plans. 95% of my investment portfolio is going to be ruined by Mongo's coin. Uh, but yeah, no, so I don't, I don't was this so. even a question or was this just a comment he made? Uh, this was his like prepared statement, unfortunately. Okay. That's tough. That's really <laughs> tough. Oh, yeah. well, I mean, he, he got flamed but, on the internet for it. So I'm sure he's aware that he looks a little bit silly uh, with that yeah. comment. So hopefully now he'll want to learn a little bit more about what he's talking about. And hopefully next time there's a hearing about cryptocurrency, he'll come with a little bit better of a statement. Yeah. And what's cool is uh, if you search up Mongoose Coin on Twitter, the top tweet is from our boy Max Norris, who we had on the show uh, just two weeks ago. Um, and so he was saying this officially marks the top. You know, he's, he's being sarcastic, obviously, but he pointed out this tweet that happened as well. Uh, you know, Meta and Pepsi are having this back and forth in the crypto speak. Peak cringe right here. Uh, and then, you know, we're seeing Budweiser and Pepsi telling each other that we're all going to make it as if they're not multi-billion dollar corporations. You already made it. Why are you saying wag me? This is for us, not you. Okay. You can't this, take this. This is cultural appropriation. If I've ever seen it, Logan, <laughs> That's I, I'm what I'm really saying, offended, bro. man. Somebody cancel these guys right away. I mean, at least, at least Budweiser has the beer.e, you know, I'll give them a little bit of credit for that. Cause I, you know, I personally have the, the ENS stake, but this whole thing is just, just a, such a poor joke. Um, and I wonder, Brad Sherman, his, his mentions must be just going nuts right now. I can only imagine. Mongoose defeats Cobra. <laughs> you can't make this shit up, bro. This is too good. This is too good. And, and what's also. And that's a representative tweeting at him, too. too. That's just, uh, that's not just a nobody. Right? Okay, so here we see what people think fuck you money looks like versus what fuck you money actually looks like. So, so <laughs> Sam Bankman Free pulled up to Congress <laughs> with his shoes tied like this, bro. I was dying. Oh, that's a that's an IQ 300 way to tie your shoes. I don't think I could do that if I tried. 
actually nuts that this happened and you saw we saw he also had like his hands on the on the congress desk in gamer position uh and, and we saw he he left with his backpack on let me see if I could find the backpack meme. Oh, yeah. That was pretty funny. funny. Yeah, right here. I'm going to come home late from school today, Mom. Need to talk to some old fucks about how I liquidated plebs to get to my 20-figure network. <laughs> Woo! That 10 out good. of 10. Best meme of the week right here. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. You guys have any other memes that you want us to check out? Drop them in the chat. We're about to get this interview started in a couple minutes here. Um, but we'll keep going. Hit him with the next meme. Ryan, do you have any memes for us? I don't have any memes for you. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm just going to look up the Congress uh, crypto and see what happens. Uh-huh. Did you see that the Nancy Pelosi portfolio tracker account got suspended oh, on Twitter? Oh, bro, 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 bro. Yes, I did. Uh, I don't really like that. So if you guys are familiar, this Nancy Pelosi portfolio tracker uh, was documenting Nancy Pelosi's inside trades. Of course, Congress can do insider trading because who could make that illegal? Congress. And they're not going to they're not going to do that, obviously. So uh, when the new CEO of Twitter took over, it took about one or two uh, days for this account to get blocked. Uh, It looks like they're. Uh, owned by you know the the government and this Maxwell trial tracker half a million followers account suspended as well. Uh, this is not good for the you know decentralization narrative. Uh, well, I, actually, I think it's it's very good for the decentralization narrative. Not good for the Twitter narrative. Um, you know, it, the, one of the cool things about decentralized blockchains like Ethereum is that they're censorship proof. So social media on blockchain uh, it would fix this problem right here. Um, what do you guys think about this move from Twitter in the chat? Let us know. Uh, Ryan, not, not a good look. No, not a good look at all. And they really shouldn't be doing this. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's not legal to be doing this. I mean, this got brought up back when Donald Trump got suspended and they made their case that he was inciting violence. But now we see that these portfolio trackers and the trial tracker getting blocked. If if Twitter starts blocking and censoring things on their platform, then they don't really become a platform anymore. They become a news site and that exactly. would make them that would make them liable for any libel that goes on. So right now right. they're protected from libel because they're a platform. But once they start censoring things, they become a news site. So um, the legalities here are kind of unclear. But like you said, I think it is uh, good for decentralization, bad for the narrative of Twitter. And hopefully one day in the future, we will see a decentralized network that has a social network built on top of it where nobody gets censored mm-hmm. or at least censorship in a decentralized way to let the community decide the future of the protocol or the site. Yeah, yeah, no, it's definitely going to be better. Yeah, Jack leaves and all this happens like we thought it was bad when, when Jack was there. Uh, this is this could be problematic. I mean, uh, even Jack Dorsey quit his day job uh, to, to go pursue crypto. Um, but let's, let's switch it up. Let's talk about Polygon ZK Day. Uh, did anybody catch ZK Day from Polygon? Let me know with a comment in the chat. Ryan, did you hear anything about it? No, and I'm actually not really following all this news with Polygon. I know Polygon Matic has been ripping a ton lately. We're up like a hundred percent in the past month or so. Uh, that's kind of playing Logan, but it's being super laggy. Uh, uh, no, I'm just like skipping through it right now okay. um, to get to the part that I want to show. But I was up 
way too late watching this last night because it was so interesting. Um, you know, Polygon announced their their ZK day. And if you guys aren't familiar with, with ZK, uh, this is zero knowledge proof technology. Basically, what this means is when you you uh, you know you take all the Bitcoin transactions, for example, and you hash them. Okay, then you you spread it out to or uh, you take all the Bitcoin transactions, you send them out across the network. Everybody races to hash them. Okay, so then once the first person six successfully hashes it, they share their result with the rest of the network, uh, and the network. Uh, the rest of the network verifies it, okay? So this is kind of a redundancy. You really only need one prover and one verifier. So what this does is it, is it verifies uh, using, um, it, it verifies within the proof process and then submits them both together, both the proof and the verification. It rolls them up and sends them on chain. So this way you can not have to do all this extra work. You can see, hey, these transactions are legit. Um, and, and it's a huge, huge technology that promises to, you know, almost solve the blockchain trilemma that has been plaguing, uh, you know, the computer science and blockchain industry for so long. And so Polygon comes out saying, hey, we're doing ZK Day. We're a ZK company now. And, and they were kind of getting laughed at a little bit. Um, but I wanted to, to find out for myself, see if they actually had the tech going on. Uh, and, and so I'm happy to report that I was amazed by what I saw. Okay, so I just want to share a little bit. This is going to get probably pretty technical, so I won't let it go for too long. Um, but there's some pretty good intros to what ZK Tech is, uh, and I think that you guys will find it really Which interesting now, and exciting. Uh, decided to join uh, Polygon and focus on Z uh, to be joining Polygon. Um, obviously, Polygon has had incredible success in attracting users and developers. ZKPs is sort of a new computing platform. And we'd like to pose a question to the Ethereum community, um, which is, uh, what can you do uh, with ZKPs that are 100x faster? Specifically, recursive ZKPs um, that will allow us to build things like uh, more decentralized, more performant rollups. Um, I want to find this on YouTube so I can speed it up because this dude's talking mad slow. Uh, come on now. Uh, ZK day, there we go. Uh, this is a big step forward for this. The ZK roll up is that we can take Brandon and Daniel. Um, every time you, you process them off chain and generate uh, a succinct proof. So uh, recursion is, is really important um, for, uh, for, for scalable ZK rollups because um, as we know, uh, the premise behind a, a ZK rollup is that we can take um, a large number of transactions that would be too expensive to verify on the Ethereum main chain. And instead we can process them off chain and generate uh, a succinct proof that shows that all of those transactions are valid. Um, we can provide sort of the necessary state updates or uh, you know, depending on the data availability scheme. Um, and that allows us to, to scale uh, transaction throughput while still maintaining um, the properties that we love about Ethereum, that it's decentralized and that's secure. Um, so the issue with ZK rollups right now is that it's actually really expensive to, uh, to generate a proof showing that a large number of transactions are valid. Um, this is especially true for ZK rollups that support uh, general applications and uh, even more so for, for uh, ZK rollups that sort of support uh, EVM compatibility. And so what recursion allows us to do is instead of taking uh, a single proof that verifies, uh, say, 10,000 transactions, we can instead generate 10,000 proofs that each verify one transaction. We can do all this in parallel, and then we can recursively aggregate um, and so we're, we're able to generate the final proof that we post to Ethereum uh, more efficiently. 
So, uh, so we view sort of this breakthrough in, in recursive proof uh, generation as, as being really important for the future of, of ZK rollups. Um, so for some context on how we got here, um, so Logan, recursive proofs have only been uh, available in practice since about 2014. Yeah, talk to me. Can, can you explain how this keeps the decentralization of Ethereum, you know, well scaling throughput? Because if it's being conducted on Polygon's chain, right? Uh, like, how does mm -hmm. this all work? Yeah, so that's a great question, right? So what it does is they... Uh, they generate all these proofs on Polygon. They roll them up and they submit them to the Ethereum mainnet. Okay, so then once it's on the Ethereum mainnet, uh, these transactions are locked into what's called like a shield block for a certain amount uh, of time, right? And, and while these transactions are locked in the shield block, the ledger is not updated. Uh, and this gives people a chance to verify that all of these are correct. So there's this diagram that I could try to find. Uh, so uh, do you know yeah, who verifies those transactions? Is it Polygon or is it the Ethereum miners? No, it's actually a decentralized, uh, you know, role that, that is newly created in this ecosystem. So I see. Okay. Uh, we'll skip past all of this stuff. So it's like the, the verification is, is incentivized and ideally people will, um, you know, attain that, that, uh, it, it will become more and more secure over time as more people uh, join the, the team to, uh, or like, you know, join this role. Um, sorry, I'm trying to find this, this diagram real quick. Um, past all this nerdy shit. Uh, but yeah, like long story short, I'm ridiculously excited about uh, Polygon at this point. And, and I think that, um, it has the chance to become the first internet speed, uh, you know, blockchain and using Ethereum, that's, I think, going to be amazing. So let me continue. Come on now. Did I miss it? Was it behind? I swear we watched this part. I mean, all this technology is great, but I still think the biggest problem is not being able to just send directly to Polygon's network, right? Because I'm sure there's a ton of people that want to use Polygon, but won't because they still have to transfer out from Ethereum and then bridge their funds. And then they're already out $100 just to do that. And they're going to be out another $100 when they want to take their funds off of Polygon and put it back on Coinbase. Yeah, I agree with you, Ryan. But what's exciting is that Coinbase announced, uh, or at least they tweeted out that they were adding support for layer two deposits uh, like they're working on it already. It's going to be coming really soon. Um, awesome. So Arbitrum might be first, but we'll see Polygon as well at some point. And this will make layer two extremely viable. It will make it, you know, I mean, the, the centralized well, exchanges will essentially become the bridges that everybody uses because on-chain bridges are so expensive. Well, Logan, to my knowledge, I don't think there's NFTs on Arbitrum, but there's NFTs on Polygon, right? So I wouldn't be surprised if, Coinbase releases their NFT platform and support for Polygon at the same time. So then they could list some Polygon NFTs as well as some Ethereum NFTs when that platform comes out. Mm -hmm. Okay, I think I, I think it's in this. This presentation is really good too. Here we go. Here it is. System. Um, so here you can see three players. You see a transactor, a block proposer, and a challenger. 
Transactors are users who generally create uh, transactions such as deposits, transfers, and withdrawals. And then they submit them either directly to the blockchain or they can also submit these transactions to the block proposers. Um, the transactions that you, that you submit to the block proposers usually are transparent withdrawal transactions, not uh, deposit transactions. Those will have to be submitted directly and always to the blockchain. Um, block proposers then take all of these transactions that they receive from various users and they put them into different L2 blocks. Um, and they submit these L2 blocks into the layer one, which is Ethereum in this case. Um, each layer one block in Ethereum can hold more than one layer two block, depending upon how big these layer two blocks are. Um, and that would exist on, so the state of L2 blocks, uh, the final state they hold will exist in layer one inside uh, layer one block. Now you have a third player called challengers who are continuously monitoring the system. What they do is that they will take these blocks that are put up, uh, these L2 blocks that are put inside the mainnet. Uh, they will check the validity of both the blocks as well as the transactions within the blocks. And if everything's fine with those blocks, they do nothing. But in case they do find a wrong transaction or a block that was uh, cre created wrong, they will then create something called a challenge. This challenge will basically prove how the block that is on the mainnet is actually wrong. Uh, when I say mainnet, sorry, uh, Ethereum is actually wrong. And if that proof verifies, uh, then challengers will succeed and two things will happen. One, the block proposer who just proposed the wrong block will be slashed. And two, uh, the, block proposer, uh, the block proposer would have submitted something called a stake with every L2 block that they create. Um, that stake will be released to challengers as payment for the work they've done. So Logan, are you gonna be able to translate this to English have. for us? Yeah, sure, I got you. Uh, so, you know how I was talking about earlier, uh, they do these, uh, they do the rollups uh, and the ZK verification on Polygon. So this is what we're seeing with these block proposers, okay? They, they, this is a, a, a roll right here. The block proposers uh, take the transactions, they, uh, you know, convert them into blocks on Polygon, and then these Polygon blocks get sent back to the mainnet, uh, and they're much, much, much smaller than all of the data uh, that exists on Polygon, right? They're already proven and they're already verified. Uh, so then they get sent for confirmation and, and the instructions to update the layer one balances on Ethereum. Uh, and then at this point, there are these shield blocks like I was talking about. So they call them nightfall contracts. So this is where the other role comes in of the challengers. So the, the block proposers submit a stake uh, uh, basically like a you know an amount of money saying hey i think these these are legit transactions and i'm willing to put up this much money uh to to, to prove it right um and then the challengers they look through all the transactions they double check them they verify themselves uh and they say all right these are good to go and, and then the uh, the uh ledger on the on ethereum layer one can be updated uh or these challengers say hey this block proposer uh, you know, submitted some faulty transactions. This does not look right. Uh, so the block proposer would be slashed. They'd be penalized for doing that. And also the challenger would win that stake uh, as a reward for finding the faulty transaction. So uh, this is better than the, the previous system of fraud proofs that we're using right now. Um, fraud proofs essentially have the same challenger role, um, but they don't have the ZK technology involved. So Right now, they roll up all the transactions, submit them to layer one. Uh, and if they, well, I think they use Polygon's consensus mechanism, then they send them to layer one. Then these, these challengers uh, who are doing these fraud proofs get to check 
see if there's a problem. And if there is, they submit a proposal saying, hey, these transactions don't look legit. Um, but basically, this becomes way, way, way more efficient when you add in the ZK tech. Uh, and the tech that the ZK tech that Polygon has uh, is an industry first by like multiple, multiple factors. Um, and so the speed that it's going to be able to, to complete this at is unseen anywhere else in the uh, layer two ecosystem or in uh, you know even the zk space the polygon brought in the like multiple of the best zk teams from the industry to create like five different uh polygon zk competitors within their own ecosystem so uh you know the the first thing that i showed you at the very beginning is just one of their zk techs so they also have different uh you know applications um, that are virtual machines that can do ZK rollups, EVM compatible ZK rollups. Uh, and, and hopefully, you know, we'll get the decentralization of Ethereum. And then it kind of has the security of the challengers, um, I guess, is a bottleneck. But it, ideally, this position will become very valuable. And so we'll see it become more and more and more secure so, over time. Logan, before we wrap up with Polygon, I want to clarify one thing. This framework here on the screen, that's showing how ZK rollups or the ZK technology that Polygon's looking to implement works, but that's not how they're currently operating. And this is part of their roadmap. Exactly. This is part of the roadmap. And that's what she's about to uh, speak they give to. Us... So I'll, okay. I'll skip to that part. Yeah, there's a, there is a timeline in place for all of this. Um, okay, this was another guy who, who had a ZK EVM. Um, all right. And, and like, if you guys go back to watch this, oh, and then Vitalik talked at the end. We can Maybe we could watch a clip of that. But yeah, Ryan, like you said, this is all part of the roadmap. I can't find that slide right now, and I don't want to waste too much more time. Um, but it should be, uh, you know, rolling out. Uh, within within 2022, ideally. And so they're going to deploy it at first uh, with, with some limits. They're going to let the uh, you know ecosystem mess around with it. They're going to launch a bounty program for finding bugs. Uh, and, and they're going to limit their you know risk, their downside. If someone does expose it or finds a bug, um, it's going to be very limited capacity to start with. And then after it's been proven for a while, then they'll roll it out at full capacity probably in 2023 it's it's hard to say exactly um but yeah the, this is super super promising stuff they got really got me really excited and i highly recommend you go and, and watch this like a, a lot of it even went over my head uh i mean obviously a lot of it went over my head but like it, it's kind of it makes you ask questions and um i think that's a really good thing to do and you could tell these guys know their shit by their, uh, you know, limited ability to communicate in English. Uh, <laughs> no shade, no shade. Uh, but yeah, maybe maybe we want to look at Vitalik talk for a little bit. Or we got a couple minutes left. We could do some moon or bust. I'll toss yeah, it I think to we the should, chat. Uh, yeah, let's do, do some moon or bust. I see moon a comment bust. from Maxwell asking about Mirror Protocol, actually. Um, and funny story about that. I went to Ernie.Fi. Uh, shameless plug, but I'm not really plugging them for uh, any uh, affiliates or anything. It's a decentralized application, but E A R N I Phi dot Phi earn I dot Phi. You can go on there, connect your wallet, and it'll show you any airdrops that you missed that you can claim. So it was so dope. I went on there, connected my wallet, and I actually had an airdrop from your protocol. I, I just typed in my, my ETH address, and they're like, hey, uh, you missed this uh, airdrop from your protocol that you can claim. 
So I claimed it and got like, I think it was 300 mirror tokens, 350 mirror tokens. So that was pretty cool. Uh, definitely check that out if you use MetaMask. There's no reason not to. You can maybe find a couple of airdrops there that you missed and get some free money. Yeah, man, it's tough. It is tough. <laughs> this is These... another cool site that does a yeah. similar thing. Um, but yeah, like you can see it's called fees.wtf. You connect your MetaMask and it tells you how down bad you are on transactions. Uh, but yeah, anyways, we won't dwell on that too much. Uh, you were just talking about some... Oh yeah, so you were talking about how uh, that other site shows you the um, the airdrops that you've missed, but I I realized that that site didn't show me it, so some of the airdrops that I had received that I didn't even realize. But what made me realize it was Rainbow. So if you guys uh, watched our episode from from last Friday, we had uh, the the founder Mike uh, Mike Demaray on of Rainbow Wallet, and uh, what's really cool, I've been messing around with it a lot more since that interview. Uh, and, and what's awesome about it is that it shows you your cross-chain assets. So it shows you like the layer one ETH you could see at the top. And then you could also see right below it is the ETH that I have on Arbitrum. So there's no need to like switch between networks anymore. You could see it all aggregated in one place. And what this also showed me is that I have like um, stake share, poly roll token, uh, a couple things that must have been airdropped to me because I never bought them. But you could see that they're uh, they're in my wallet on Polygon. I didn't even know. Uh, MetaMask doesn't show me this, but yeah, if you guys haven't checked out the Rainbow Wallet app, I- I'm seriously like I'm I'm probably never going to use MetaMask again on my phone because this is just far superior. the The experience is amazing. So make sure you guys uh, check out that interview if you're interested in learning more. They did not pay us anything to promote this wallet. I'm genuinely just a huge fan. Um, I do want to give a word of caution, Logan, though, if you're getting airdrops and you've never heard of the token and you don't remember ever interacting with the protocol, it it could very well be a scam. So make sure to do your research, see if it's an established protocol application built on on something reputable that people actually Mm -hmm. use before you go ahead and try and sell it. So as long as you don't interact with the token, they can't do anything with your wallet. Uh, But there are ways where if you try and go and sell your tokens that you got airdropped to you, you know, on certain applications, then they could drain your wallet of everything. So definitely be very careful and, and only claim those airdrops and, and sell those airdrops, interact with the token if you know what that token is. Um, 100% and, Ryan, that's great. Yeah, I just want to give out that quick disclosure. Do you want to look at Mirror Protocol either maybe on TradingView or the website? Here it is. Uh, you want to take it away? Yeah, sure. So Mirror Protocol has been pretty bearish lately. It's one of those DeFi tokens that did pretty well at the beginning of the year and since then has kind of fallen off like Uniswap. Uh, but what Mirror Protocol is, basically it tokenizes stocks. I think this is incredibly interesting. Now imagine a stock market that's open 24 hours a day, seven days a week that everybody has access to. I mean, this is something that's amazing and has huge potential. Uh, but with that being said, this is probably one of the things that is going to get regulated first. This is something that's probably scaring the SEC as we speak. And we know that because these actually got delisted. Uh, Mirror Protocol got delisted from Uniswap because the SEC threatened to file a lawsuit against Uniswap. So they definitely are aware of Mirror Protocol. I think there might be, I think it's called Synthetics is the other one uh, where they actually tokenize stocks. So it's really cool. Uh, if you're into blockchain technology and most of your assets are in crypto and you want exposure to stocks without, you know, going on Robinhood or another stock brokerage account, you can go ahead and use Mirror Protocol or Synthetics and then, you know, get exposure to Apple, BNB, any of these stocks that they have on here that are tokenized. So I, I think this is really cool and there's huge potential for it. But like I said, 
I mean, the SEC is coming after them. So it might be a tough few years going ahead for, for these types of protocols. Yeah, I think there's a lot of potential here, uh, but there's a lot of regulation that needs to be put in place first. Um, so, you know, I'd probably just stick to using your, your stockbroker account for the in the meantime. Um, but yeah, still a very, very cool idea. And I think it will be huge in the future. Uh, let's take a look at, at Polygon. I've been, uh, I haven't checked the price since I watched that last night. And I want to see if it's been doing anything. Is the market reacting? Does the market know what the heck they were talking about? Uh, let's see. So that was yesterday. And there was a lot of hype going into it. Looks like it was a sell the news type of event. Um, but like looking into 2022, Polygon has not reclaimed its all-time oh it just reclaimed its all-time high yesterday a little bit of a correction this could be a really good move right now what do you think ryan yeah i really like polygon and as ethereum fees get more and more expensive i mean polygon just has more and more use cases and as they're Mm -hmm. developing the zero knowledge technology that we went over earlier it's just going to be more and more useful even once eth 2.0 comes out i think polygon will definitely have its place within the ecosystem because once ETH2 comes out, transactions aren't going to be one or two cents like Binance Smart Chain. There's going to be a ton of demand on Ethereum 2.0. And once these fees go down, there's going to be even more demand because more people can use the network. And you know, it's just supply and demand. As prices go down, more people demand block space. So I think Polygon will be a great solution for that, especially for programs that need to do like thousands of transactions per day. If they can mm-hmm. do that for just a couple cents or, or even less than that, that's a, a great use case for Polygon. If I had to guess, once Ethereum 2.0 comes out i'd be really happy to see fees under five dollars or yeah i'd say under five dollars i'd be happy yeah on mainnet i don't i don't think that's going to happen so uh basically vitalik put out the this new roadmap recently where they're shifting away from the shard chains um and, and they're going towards layer two so they're going to basically be embracing all these layer two ecosystems instead of running their own shard chains so what what he's basically saying is that uh, the ethereum layer one will become for uh, like will be a space for uh, verification and for blockchains. Retail and, and users will exist on layer two and they'll verify their transactions on layer one. So this might seem a little bit crazy right now, but personally, I don't think it's that big of a deal. And I think that if we could see an internet speed uh, layer two, like Polygon is, is claiming they uh, have it's to, to some extent, then I think most people are going to have a much better experience on Polygon. Um, so maybe we'll see, like ETH will still be the settlement layer, right? But people won't eat, like people won't be actively on layer one. So gas fees will probably well, go down with proof of stake. But yeah, what's that, Ryan? I was going to make a, a counterpoint, Logan, and I was just going to say, you know, Vitalik really is a visionary and he looks very far out into the future. I completely agree with him. And I, I think you're right, Logan, that people will shift to layer twos, especially over the long term as more and more people adopt to the network. But in the short term, I think people will be still using layer ones. We see that a lot of people still use layer one right now. Um, mm-hmm. And once we shift to proof of stake, we'll definitely get cheaper fees. The question is how much cheaper. And you know maybe that is $5 or $10 per transaction once we merge to Ethereum 2.0. And then that'll slowly go up with time as more people adopt the network. And then eventually fees will, again, get back up to $100 even. And then you know 10 years down the line, who knows? Maybe it's $500 to transact on the mainnet. But nobody really cares because everybody's using a layer two solution at that point. So I, I definitely see his point. I think it's kind of a long-term vision for it. And I'm really still hoping that 
when Ethereum 2.0 comes out, we'll see a significant reduction in fees, at least for the short term. Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. Yeah, that would certainly be good for uh, crypto next year. But I, I'm even more hopeful that Polygon and these other Layer 2s can... Uh, get their stuff together quickly, and these centralized exchanges can become bridges more, uh, you know, uh, more quickly. And then um, we could probably start to see a, a huge migration of liquidity off of ETH Layer One, uh, which will lower the gas fees in itself, right? So that will be really good. Uh, either way, I mean, you know, Vitalik knows what he's talking about. He's got the long-term vision, so uh, it's going to be exciting to to see it play out for sure. Um, let us know what you guys think in the chat. Is there any logic to our arguments? Uh, but we got a we got a request for Solana, so let's take a look. Add my screen back, and let's go year to date. What do you think, Ryan? I mean, we had such a big run up that even at one hundred seventy dollars, we're pretty expensive. But it may be a buying opportunity. Uh, my thesis on Solana over this market cycle going into 2022 is I would not be surprised if we could hit $1,000 in this cycle. Uh, obviously not financial advice. I actually don't really own any Solana. I have maybe like two tokens. So um, I'm not personally heavily invested in it whatsoever. But this could be a buying opportunity at $173. I know it was trading right around 200 just a day or two ago. Um, that being said, it looks like we've broken down maybe from support. Uh, we did go up to around $170 before, and it looks like we may be breaking down. Um, so maybe wait for a reversal. Wait and see if we can consolidate around $170. Maybe go back up to $180, $190, and hold that relatively flat for a little while before you go in. Um, or just DCA your way in, you know, buy a small portion now uh, and, and keep doing that until you have your full position. That's always a good way to go about things like that. Great advice, Ryan. And unfortunately, we are out of time for today. So uh, unfortunately, we're going to have to wrap it up there. Thanks, everyone, for coming out today. Smash the like button if you haven't already. I thought today's episode was pretty fun. Our, our interviewer, our guest, obviously did not show up, but we got to do that ZK stuff instead. Uh, so let's see what we can do about getting him back on in the future. Ryan, you have any closing thoughts for us today? Uh, yeah, I just keep thinking about how freaking dripped out I am and that you guys can go check out our drip on Benzinga Swag. Um, I, I swear to God, I don't get paid to sell that merch. Uh, we probably, barely, I mean, we as a company probably barely get paid to sell that merch. They're actually pretty good yeah. quality stuff at, at good prices. But, you know, I want I want people to rep the merch. I think it's cool. So if yeah. you guys need crypto merch, Benzinga Swag is the place to go. Oh, and the new ones, Logan. Logan, the new ones. Does yours what? have this? this on the Yeah. No. Yeah. Bro, yeah, it says on. Benzinga just... embroidered on the back, so you can wear it backwards, oh, look cool. You can wear it frontwards, look even cooler. Uh, so yeah, that's all I've been thinking about, honestly. Bro, I wish mine had Benzinga on it. That'd be way cooler. Mm. Damn, bro, now I'm upset. I'm going to have to buy some more. Uh... <laughs> Join the Telegram. I'll give you 25% off. Okay, bet. Bet, bet, bet. Thank you. Uh, anyway, swag.benzinga.com. Make sure you guys go check it out. Great gifts uh, for the holiday season. And 
we don't make any money off this. We just want you to rep the show, rep Moon or Bust, rep BZ, uh, and, and keep us in your hearts wherever you go. Anyways, <clears throat> that's it for today. Thanks for tuning in. Peace. Did you know nearly all stock price changes of 10% or more result from a single news headline? That's right. News headlines have a unique ability to drive stock prices up or down. These news catalysts create trading opportunities every day. All you need is a little help to reach out and take them. And if you're looking to grow your portfolio, it doesn't matter if your investment budget is small or big. An easy-to-read stream of news headlines will increase your opportunities to profit from price changes in the stock market, consolidate a knowledge-based investment strategy, and grow your portfolio. All you need is Benzinga Pro and its powerful news alerts, price tracking, and portfolio monitoring to make a positive change in your trading performance. We've already helped thousands of retail traders across the world, and they could not be happier. Increase your market knowledge, boost your exposure to big movers, and make informed trades before major price changes. The opportunities are all around you. Subscribe now and we'll skyrocket your portfolio today.